What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Sean Salisbury Show right here on the Believe Network. We've got a ton to talk about. Sean, our teams, they did it. They they did exactly what they needed to do. They went out there. They took care of business against two really good football teams. And they're now, as far as we all know, maybe the committee has some sort of surprise for us tonight with what, how they come out with the rankings. And we'll talk about that in just a second. The NFL, uh, just another weekend. Uh, there were some good games. Don't get me wrong, but. Yeah. It's just it's just week after week. It bores me. Like, yeah, yeah. I have like, I have time, but, but yeah, by the time the Sunday's up, I'm like, okay, some are really good games, but I, I the college football enthusiasm is far better, and both our teams did to, and took care of their business in very emphatic way, especially Michigan. But the the, the, the committee can't. We'll get to it. But the committee, they, they, there is no choice right now who the top four teams are. The only decision is, do you guys jump Georgia? That's the only decision right now in the top four and then it'll be ohio state and alabama five and six but you're right segs it is the nfl at times can be a hard watch this is about as hard as i've had watching it other than during the covid you know where nobody was in the, that season uh, other than that this has been a hard watch with the, with the uh levels of play um at times and sloppy football and decisions yeah so we'll get into all of that and more but as always we're brought to you by bet online and this is awesome. Bet online. Yes. Basketball is back at bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news and game trends at bet online. Bet online as your continued source for all sports wagering information. Bet online features live betting, free contests and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet your favorite sports and events. Whether it's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf, college hoops roll along now in big fashion. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's start uh, with the big game on Saturday. It was Ohio State-Michigan, two versus three. Uh, first half was good football, you know, back and forth scoring Michigan hit you know a couple big plays in the passing game uh quite frankly everybody talked all week Michigan was going to need to have JJ McCarthy play a big game have a good game he's going to have to do something through the air well Blake Corum gave it a go only could get two snaps in you saw in the first jump cut he had he tried to push off that left knee and he came up shaking his head and you knew he was done for the day Donovan Edwards had the cast on his hand. They didn't use him a whole ton in the first half. They tried to go with their other young, younger backs and, and things just weren't really working for him, but they hit on the two big plays to Cornelius Johnson. And they hit on the big play to the tight end Colson Loveland for the three big touchdowns in the first half. My question to you, Sean, based on the first half, your Jim Knowles, they brought you in this year specifically for this game because of what happened to them last year. Remember, Michigan ran for almost 300 yards last year. They had eight yards per pop. They gave up 42 points. Sean, they bring in Jim Knowles, who's a very respected defensive mind. Don't get me wrong, but he's coming from the, the, the Big 12 where we know defense isn't – it's sort of optional in the Big 12, and – he comes in and and Sean Michigan 
8.6 yards or it was 8.8 yards per play. Gave up 45 points. They ran 252 yards. 222 of that was in the second half. Donovan Edwards had two monster runs. Uh, they couldn't stop the pass. Overall, I mean, if you're Ohio State, that Jim Knowles hire, yeah, looked great up to that point, but they hadn't really played an offense worth anything besides Penn State. Now you play an offense with a great running game, but you're missing their top back, who's a Heisman candidate, and their number two back had a, a cast on his right hand, couldn't carry the ball with that hand. And they still stacked the box, just worried about the run. And I, I came away that just saying, Jim Knowles, what were you doing that entire game? No adjustments whatsoever. I didn't get it. Yeah, I say it. Listen, it's great because you can defend Wisconsin if you right. don't have a guy who can throw it and, and is it multi-talented or you can defend Iowa. And that and I and Jim did a good job this year. The question is, do you hire a guy to win the games you're supposed to win or to hire a guy to stop a team that's beat you into the ground for two straight years, physically man-handed? Yeah. I thought it was an ego game plan, Segs, for the defense. I did. Big time. I thought they went into it saying, okay, Corm's out. We're, gonna, we're still going to stack the box. You're not good enough on the perimeter to beat us. I feel like that's how Jim Knowles felt. Yet they still got gashed in the run game for home. This was a game of home runs, big-time home runs, and they hit a bunch of them. Four or five plays. I know four of them, five of them over 50, 40 yards, and a bunch of them over 50 yards. They were, they were, they were dominant and home. It's one thing to be gut punched the whole time and, you know, body blow, body blow where you wear them out. And it's also to be body blow. And then all of a sudden, the knockout shot with this big play, that big play, you decided that you were going to, you were better on the perimeter and didn't make adjustments. They just kept hitting home runs on you, whether it's at the line of scrimmage or whether it's the big play. I thought it was an ego game plan, almost like I'm pounding my chest. I'm going to show you what we're about. And Michigan proved that they're far more physical and had just as well on paper, not as many playmakers. But McCarthy answered. Their wide receivers answered the run game. They got enough push at the line of scrimmage. They beat him down. In their building, it was a curb stomp. So it, it, and while I, Ohio State's really good, but you have got to find a defense and your approach that says Oklahoma's gone through this a lot of times, Segs, where you're good until you run into one of these teams and yeah. get beat in a playoff to where – because you know you can score, and you know you can beat. You know you're going to beat a team that they can only score 21 against you, but you can score 41, 42 in the past. Well, you saw Mac uh, Brent Venables went through that this year, right? Their defense wasn't. It's like, damn. Oh, this is what you do in the Big 12. We don't have five first rounders in the front seven on the defense like we did at Clemson. So there's adjustments to be made, and then Jeff Levy has to call plays to score 40. So you saw that with Ohio State. We know they're a talented team, but Michigan. Had manhandled them two years ago. They were, they seemed more prepared and they executed better. So um, I don't want to hear any argument. I respect Ohio State. I picked them at the beginning of the year to be the national yep. champion. They the, the only argument they has is if TCU or USC lose. And if TCU loses, they were in the the, the they're going to be in the Big Twelve championship game. They still have an argument with one loss, just like the, like Michigan because Kansas State's a good football team. Yeah, but that's the only way today with the committee. It's got to be Michigan one, Georgia two. TCU three and Southern Cal four, Ohio State five and Alabama six. And there is no question. You can talk about at the top if you want to keep Georgia at one, fine. But I'm just telling you, Michigan's win over Ohio State was dominating. And they've played that way for the majority all year long. And McCarthy answered the bell. So uh, I l love Ohio State football. They're not, they have no argument today 
about the national title. Had they got beat by you guys in your building and it was closer, okay, you can argue with USC. You're not the championship game. You, you, you don't get an argument unless the other two teams lose or one of them. Yeah, the, the most impressive part and the thing that I think has to give Michigan fans hope that they can compete with a Georgia in, in, in a national championship game if it came down to that. Unlike last year where, you know, they got beat down by Georgia in the playoff is what we saw from J.J. McCarthy on Saturday. The first touchdown was just a straight all-out blitz by Ohio State. He stood in there, made the quick throw to Johnson. Johnson made one guy miss, scored on a 69-yard touchdown. Second, the long one was just a straight drop back, throw over the top, let your guy, you know, Johnson ran a great route on that deep throw, and McCarthy put it on him. Then the third touchdown to Loveland, the 49-yarder, was another blitz where McCarthy stepped up into the pressure, into the pocket, and threw the deep ball to the uh, freshman tight end, Colston Loveland, who in two years is going to be, I think he's going to be a top, he may be a first-round pick. That's how good that tight end is. Yeah, just a true freshman this year. But just the way he played, and then on third down, he was fantastic with his feet and with his arm. So the growth we saw, because this is not the J.J. McCarthy we've all been watching as Michigan fans over the last few weeks. He's missed deep throws. He's missed throwing some balls into the ground. He kind of, it felt like he was pressing a little bit. Well, he stepped in and made the big throws against Ohio State when he needed to and in the big moments. And they got the calls that they needed to as well, you know. By him avoiding the sack on the third and 10 down in the red zone and then throwing the ball up to Ronnie Bell, he got the defensive pass interference because the guy was not looking. And if you're trying to say it wasn't defensive pass interference, Ohio State fans, it clearly was. He ran right through his chest, not looking for the ball. But anyways, just the growth of J.J. McCarthy, I think, is what has to give Michigan fans hope because their defense, we it's, it's great. But J.J. McCarthy is the reason. Listen, man, I take you back to Colorado State and Hawaii, first two games of the year, and the quarterback competition. And on yep. this very show, yep. I told you, and I, I saw, listen, McNamara, and good luck to him in the transfer portal. He's been, he's you know, as a winner, yeah. got him to the oh. final four last year. He'll do well. He'll go somewhere and start next year and have a chance to show his resume for NFL players, I mean, for yep. NFL coaches and the rest. Good for him. No bitterness there at all. The, the better player is starting. Yes, And I told you back then, Stiggs, and I know you said it, but just to reiterate that the key to Michigan winning a national title is by making the quarterback switch. Now, I know it was Colorado State and Hawaii, but McCarthy clearly looked better. And the, the, the extension of plays and the ability to destroy, even if you're not playing great throwing it, he can still break a defense down. Yeah. And then when he gets into this rhythm of confidence, throwing it now heading into the, you know, this, this big uh, 10 championship game and beyond it's, it's, he's just going to mature into something that he feels, okay, I don't have to press. I've proven in the biggest game of his life. And it, it, it that was the biggest game of his life to date. And I just felt that they became a, while a national power became even a bigger threat to win the whole thing. I wouldn't think they would win the whole thing. If he wasn't the quarterback, he can, they can win the whole thing. And he's a big reason for it because they're going to have to make a play like that against Georgia or two or USC because of Caleb Williams or the the TCU because they score a lot of points. He's going to have to match good quarterback play. And Stetson Bennett does a nice job. He's had a hell of a season. So 
this was the, this is the a big reason why that they are a a scary scary threat to win it all. And back in August September, I told you I believe that McCarthy was the reason that they would get to another level, and I think he validated that for us on on Saturday. Yeah, and, and one other point to make about this Michigan team, and then we'll move on to your USC Trojans with a great win and Caleb Williams solidifying the Heisman, is Michigan's halftime adjustments. Sean, listen to this stat. In their last seven games, Michigan has outscored their opponents 157 to 20 in the second half, and that's with Illinois scoring 14 points. So they gave up 14 points in one game. The other six games that they played, their last six games, that includes Penn State, that includes Ohio State, that includes Michigan State. They've given up six points outside of Illinois. And, I mean, the 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 adjustments that Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator, I didn't think they could get better with. That's with, Minter's uh, kid, isn't it? Isn't that Barry Minter's kid, the former I, uh, University I, of Cincinnati? I'd it's have to look. Be. I bet you it is. Or grandson or son. It's got to be one yeah. or two. Barry Minter, I'll, I'll look that who up. is a hell of a defensive coach and is highly respected. I think Barry was the head coach in Cincinnati for a minute. I think so. I think Barry, he was. Matter of fact, Barry Minter was. I think Barry Minter was there when I was working at ESPN and did a couple games because we had him in meeting. I'm pretty sure Barry Minter was the University of Cincinnati coach. And that's, I would have, it's got to be his offspring because he's a hell of a defensive mind and aggressive. And I got to believe it's, he's, there's a relationship somewhere. I know it's not that big a deal, but it's in the DNA if, if it's him. If his it's dad his is or his Rick grandson. Minter. That's what I say, Barry. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I met Rick Mentor. Rick, yeah, was I was the gonna say because yes, it was at Cincinnati. I, I, yes, yeah, dude. I'm thinking I, I get Barry Melrose and Rick Mentor. <laughs> okay, you know, yeah. I don't even know why I thought Barry, but, but Rick Mentor was the head coach at Cincinnati. Yep. I did a game or two for them, and Rick was great. Rick was a hell of a defensive coordinator <laughs> and did a nice job, and has been a good. We've been a good coach for a long time. He's Rick Mentor's his dad, and yes. you knew the DNA. That that's right. DNA, and it doesn't shock me because his pops was a hell of a defensive coordinator before he came head coach. Well, and, and you know, I, I was saying I didn't think they could get better over Mike McDonald, who they got from. You know, Jim went to his brother and said, "Give me a young defensive mind from your staff that you know you think is ready for college defensive coordinator, and then could make the switch to the NFL." They he sent him Mike McDonald last year. Well, all and he did is have him, him back. Yeah, a top three. <laughs> all all McDonald had him was a top three defense last year with Hutchinson and Ajabo and Dax Hill. And then he turns around, goes back to Baltimore, becomes the defensive yeah, coordinator Johnson, there. Screw that. Get send him back, dude. I need yeah, a defensive coordinator right. back here. Right. But then Jim says, Well, send me another one. He sends him Jesse Minner, who was on that Ravens staff. So now I mean it's almost like cheating. It's now, like, Harbaugh, I got a brother well, in the NFL. You know, it like, is. Send it's me insider, frigate insider training. <laughs> yeah. It's and, and Jesse Minner right. has this defense without Hutchinson, without David Ajabo, without Dax Hill, who are all, well, should have been first round picks. Ajabo fell because of the Achilles injury, but he has this defense better. They're playing better They're you know, and maybe the best defensive player on the field for Michigan on Saturday was Will Johnson, the corner who's a true freshman who, when he stacked up against Marvin Harrison Jr., held him to two catches for like 14 yards. Oh, no, he's he's a future star. Yeah, I, I mean, corner. so it's he's just a star. It, to me, Jesse Minner should be the Broyles Award winner. I, I think with what he's done coming in in his first year, losing the talent that Michigan lost and keeping them 
Well, they finished number two in the country behind Georgia. So, I mean, just fantastic adjustments made by all. And Michigan is a scary team for anybody in the playoff. But let's switch to another team that should be in the playoff, and that's your team, USC Trojans. Caleb Williams, is he's just, as much as J.J. McCarthy did kind of running around extending plays, Caleb Williams did it times 10. <laughs> And then just, yeah. I mean, made absurd throws, absurd plays with his feet. You know, it looked like what Justin Fields was doing in the NFL, but then he'd turn around and make a throw that you're just like, how the hell did he do that? I mean, he just, against a very, very good Notre Dame defense, he made them look like not a good defense. And USC went well, out he and, did. and beat up on the Irish. Up on the Irish. And listen, you know how I feel about McCarthy, but... Caleb Williams makes him and guys like him look like Cliff Notes version yes. of of a of a of a football player. And McCarthy's a hell of a player. Sags, and I, I don't mean this arrogant, and having been a part of that quarterback thing yep. at USC, right? In truth, for twenty five to thirty or thirty plus, we've had a, a university. I'm not saying NFL superstars, but you can make the argument that our university's been as good as any. Putting people in the pros. Does that make for sense? Sure. Yeah. Having good college years from before Paul McDonald, myself, and Rodney Pete. And yep. it goes, I mean, you can go to even, you know, great college. I mean, for, forget even pros, but the college, yeah. Booty, Kessler, Carson Palmer, Matt Leinert, Mark Sanchez. Yep. I mean, we've had some guys. I'm not talking about Darnold. that have been. You can make the argument, you know, we're running back you. But the truth of the matter is the quarterbacks ain't yeah, Sam Darnold, right? right. Yep. You throw it all over. Carson Palmer as good as anybody we've ever had there. And this cat comes along, and when you can, he takes the best of what everybody has and operates them all better than, than everybody. My point is, is you've had some guys that have had pretty damn good careers, and this guy, he's jaw-dropping. And he takes his ability. He seems to have such a great feel. And I'm telling you, don't underrate. I know you don't. Is when he came in here to already know the verbiage and what, right. what Lincoln Riley expected, he didn't time. have to, there was no learning curve. It was like, boom, let's hit the ground running. I know what you're doing. And now you can tell in their communication, it's just, he's got this thing dialed in. Sags, I, I don't ever think, when he drops back, I don't ever think he's not going to make a play. Right. And whether it's running around doing that, his head's up, and then he comes down. He's right now as good as we have in the world at riding that inside zone fake to the last second and pulling it. And then yeah, that big touchdown. physical body yanking it. Dude, stupid. stupid. Yeah, I mean, You're stupid. Uh, yeah, the, I, I, he screwed the defensive the, the, tackle. The announcers had, are, yeah, yeah. The defensive tackle had basically tackled the running back. He almost had him to the ground, and and he there's Williams still time. in there, just holting. Oh yeah, and then just walks and then he into dashes the end zone. into the end zone yeah. right inside. So he and he makes spectacular throws. Listen, he is. I personally think that the Heisman Trophy second, third place should be closer than first place and had listen i i knew that and you know it's been kind of low-key he's not been a much of a self-promote he just played yep and lincoln riley you know what he does with quarterbacks but well, i can tell you this kyler murray baker mayfield jalen hurts this dude's better than all of them oh he, yeah he's better than all of them say so don't you agree uh, be able to do it all 100 he, better than all of them and his his grasp and they, they were great college players his grasp of what's going on and to think he's got another year to do this um it's going to be a hell of a matchup, and they got to beat Utah. And Kyle Whittingham, we've talked about their physicality, and I know we'll talk about that on Friday this week, but or Thursday, should I say, yeah. Sags. But I, I, Caleb Williams is impressive, and that's a good defense that he made simply look like 
that it was a guy playing like a former a pro coming back to play in his turkey bowl game with his high school buddies. They just couldn't tackle him. And Notre Dame's a hell of a hell of a program and did a great job of working themselves back into the national spotlight again after their opening starts this year. Yeah. I, I was really impressed. And Caleb Williams is the best football player in college football. We saw well, that it, it, on display on a national stage. Yeah, and, and I mean, it helped him so much that Lincoln Riley also went out and brought in Jordan Addison from Pitt, who's, you know, it at huh. worst a top 15 pick in this upcoming draft. And, I mean, he's he's so good. Once he gets the ball in his hands, he's such a good route runner. Little small, but you know what? That's the new thing in the NFL is these smaller receivers that just make plays, and and that's the type of player he is. Um, I mean, you still Mario Williams is another. I mean, that kid's really good as well. So they got and that. They're going to get more recruiting sags because oh, of Caleb's there another year for sure. They got the kid coming from Los Alamitos. Yep, who's going to be on camp, and that guy could start probably at like you know, at a bunch of Division One Power Five schools right now. Yeah, when he gets when he walks when whenever I don't even know if Los Al's still playing in California, but whenever that Seal Beach season's over in Los Alamitos, I got news for you. And to think that he's not going to be able to sniff the football field, and the kid that's in front of him that's back up, he's going to be that. So um, it's it, it's a it's an embarrassment of riches. But I can tell you this: they're going to have to get stops on defense, which concerns me. They'll take away and they'll sack the quarterback, but they give too much leeway. Yards wide, they they allow you to creep back into games, which I can't. Because if Caleb Williams doesn't play great, then Sags, we got a problem. Right. Our number one back been hurt, lost for the season. So, but then I tell you what, how about the backup coming in there and doing his job this past? That's week? what so I, I, I was gonna, just going to yeah, say that Austin that was Jones hit, was he was awesome, yeah he, he's to step in for Travis Die, you awesome. know the the transfer from Oregon. He was really good in that game against Notre Dame. If and, they do that, Sags, I don't know how Utah stops them. And right. Utah's physical Agreed. and good. If they have that, if they can do two way like that, run it and Williams to do that, Utah may not be able to keep up in this one when you're playing in space. But they're also because they're physical and Rising's good on the other side. But I don't know how if you're doing both effectively, how you stop the quarterback if the running game's pounding out 175, 180 yards rushing. It'll be tougher sledding, but. This is a good defense and it's a good team, but you got a quarterback who's making great decisions. Yeah, and it just seems like since that Utah game, Caleb Williams has taken his game to another level. You know, there, there. It's not just I, I felt like he was good in the beginning of the season and up to Utah, but I feel like since that game and especially the last couple of weeks when you know the games meant everything against um, Notre Dame and uh, UCLA that he stepped up big time and he's playing at a completely different level, which, you know, I don't, I have not looked at any lines for any of the championship games, but wouldn't surprise me if USC was, you know, a six to seven point favorite, maybe you know a 10 bit like more. Sakes? You know what he's playing like? Sakes? He's playing like a guy who knew that he had to elevate his play is feeling comfortable and knows that he has to make every play, but not pressing to do it. He, he's he's at a different level. I can tell you what the they are. USC right now is is minus three in Vegas. Ooh, three, well, I'm slapping money favorite. on that right now. <laughs> yeah, three, three point favorite TCU's two and a half point favorites over Kansas State. That's a dangerous game, Segs, for TCU. Mm-hmm. And you know Kansas State can play. And LSU, it's seventeen and a half against Georgia. That LSU's a good team. They were not a great team this year. They had some great moments. Not a great team. And then 
the final one. You guys are 16 and a half point favorites. And yeah. I don't even know if Purdue's starting quarterbacks playing. Yeah, so Aiden O'Connell. That's kind of kind yeah, of been a go. wait and see every week for Purdue. Right. Um, yeah, when you look at LSU losing to A and M, you you said it on on this show that you know watch out for A and M, watch out for going to Kyle Field and, and having to play the Aggies who have nothing to play for, nothing to lose. Just go out; they're just going to go out there and play, and that's exactly what they did. And you know, watching that game, looking at their schedule, looking at the way their season gone. It just feels like to me, yeah, they're they're a good football team, but LSU being in the top 10, top five, they, they were frauds. They were frauds. They didn't really beat anybody great out, you know, outside of Alabama. And that was a one point win in a game where Alabama, when you rewatch it, probably should have won the game by two touchdowns. It was just one of those games where LSU stuck around, stuck around. You know, when teams just hang around a little too and long, then, your quarterback then they made win a few the game. Plays. Yep. Exactly. Um, so I just feel like LSU, looking back, they, they were a little bit of just frauds being on that list. Six, I don't think, bro, I've talked to a couple guys from that area since then and even yeah. going into it. I don't think that most people thought, unless you're delusional. Right. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, f- I'm fond of the program. I think Brian yeah. Kelly did a hell of a job. But even the guys know it, they weren't a great team. Like right. I said, they had great moments and they had a couple yes. wins at the right time. They were not a great team. They were a team that had their great moments, got wins at the right time to put themselves in position. And that's why I said last week, dangerous teams are teams that have been humiliated all year long. Hell, look at what South Florida did to Central Florida. South Florida was like one in 10 going into the yeah. game and they had the game dead to rights. I mean, they, after being down, what, 28 to nothing or 30 something, nothing, yep. they came back and put, I mean, had a chance to win the game. So those games when it's like we've humiliated ourselves, we got nothing other than to try to feel good going into the offseason. And Connor Wegman is a really good player. The the kid from Bridgeland here yeah, who's now a ms quarterback. You were dangerous, man. And LSU is a good team. LSU is not a great team this year. Brian Kelly's got something to work with, but they're not a Final Four team. They're just not. The, fi- the Final Four, quite frankly, sitting at right now, um, I get it, but there's still a couple tough games left, and most of the, the that's in the Texas. I mean, where they're playing in Indy, and obviously the other game. I think it's in Indy. The Big Twelve championships in Indy, right? Yes. Uh, Big Twelve yeah, in no. Indy, and then uh, Big Ten. Not Big Twelve, in but Indy. Big Tens in Indy. Big Twelve is it at Jerry's house? Is that where it's at? Probably. Maybe? I think Probably. I think so, right? In Arlington, <laughs> yeah. and then obviously the Pac-12. They're out in. Uh, they're out in Las Vegas for theirs. So yeah, but uh, <sighs> impressive. LSU was good. They were never great, and they're in no danger now of getting into the playoffs. Let me even ask you this. Georgia, they're not going to, but they're not going to beat Georgia. But even if they did, they wouldn't get in at three losses. Right. So we know it's going to be Georgia, Michigan, Michigan, Georgia at the top. It's going to be one right. of those two ways. Should be TCU at three, which, you know, they're undefeated and they deserve to be there. My question yep. for you is we completely agree on USC should be four, hands down, no doubt, Ohio State five. TCU sitting at three. They go in and they lose to Kansas State by a field goal, you know, just like right. the games they've been playing lately, uh, real tight, except for this past week, real tight. And, you know, they lose by a last second field goal. Are they still the in over 12, Ohio the State? 12 Kansas, yeah. The number 12 Kansas State. Sags, here's what I, um, I think they have just, I think they have a legitimate argument, but I can tell you what the committee's going to do. Yeah, leave them if out. TCU loses, if SC, Michigan, and Georgia win, and Tennessee, I mean, and, and the TCU 
gets beat by Kansas State by a field goal. Ohio State's going. Watch. You watch. They're going to look at the overall roster, even though Sonny died. They've done a phenomenal job. Duggan's played out of his mind. Even though Ohio State's not in a conference championship, and TCU is, they're going to say, well, here's the problem. And and then they're going to say, Ohio, here's the argument they're going to have is Ohio State got beat bad in their building. But the other argument is they can Ohio State can say, yeah, we got beat by the number one team in America. If you guys are one, yeah. you get my point. So I, my gut tells me now, do I think TCU has an argument? You're damned right. I do. But my gut tells me if TCU loses this football game, SC moves to the three seed. Michigan and Georgia, uh-huh. however, and then the four seed, they will come right down to it. You're going to see Ohio State's name plugged into that with TCU fifth and Alabama sixth if TCU doesn't beat Kansas State. If they do, it's a no-brainer. But even with the argument that, well, wait a minute, we are in a conference championship, they're going to say Ohio State because they're going to look at the Vegas odds. If Ohio State played TCU on a neutral site, I still think Ohio State would be the favorites. I, I, do. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if they're better than TCU because I, I like I said yeah. they've done an unbelievable job of the guts to win I personally think if TCU loses they're going to try to that they'll try to shove Ohio State in the four hole that's what I think yeah I that I and I hope not because TCU's already beat Kansas State this year so they've Agreed. shown they can beat them and but don't you think uh, the committee's going to have an argument say don't yeah, you think oh, they're yeah. going to argue over the, that it'll yeah. be split I agree yeah. Yeah, I, so I just TCU, yeah and, and like you said Michigan beating Ohio State the way they did, I think, unless it's USC losing, I don't think Ohio State should have an argument, in in my opinion. Right. I I agree. Now, yeah. unless, of course, Kansas State beats them 31 to nothing. Right. Wins yeah, 40, for sure. You know, 45 to 10. It did a different story. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. But I just know that there's going to be some yeah. in that meeting room that are going to say, we think Ohio State's better than TCU, and here's why. But had Ohio State lost to you guys by a field goal, huge, a much, much bigger argument. Oh, but right yeah, now, much I'd, different. Even, yeah, I'd yeah. even give an argument now. But it's hard, you know, where, where are we laying this down at? Because Michigan curb stomped them. And Kansas yeah. State's a good football team, too. But I, I think it'll be one of those, I guarantee you, it'll be, a, it'll be down to the wire if TCU loses, that they are going to heavily, heavily consider Ohio State for the fourth slot even though they didn't play in a conference championship and TCU didn't TC already beat TCU has already beat Kansas state, but we shall see if USC loses Ohio state's the four hole. Yes. Simple. So yes. USC has got to beat Utah to stay there. All right. We have just a few minutes left here for the NFL talk. Let's just scratch all the games. We, we all saw what happened, but let's do a quick kind of college football playoff style. Top five. Just, you know, thinking, thinking resumes, thinking, you know, how they've played, what they've done. Let's put our top five together um, each. So let's start at one. You want me to go first? Sure. Okay. My number one team is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're playing the best football right now. I know Philly has the slightly better record, but Philly's played some football lately that hasn't looked like what we saw earlier in the season. So I think the Kansas City Chiefs right now would be my number one team. Are you and you're talking today or who you think February? No, just today. What we've seen so far, kind of like, and then we could even do right. this every okay, week because that's right for me. I, I got Kansas City and the great equalizer is the guy who plays quarterback and the yeah. play caller. 
Reed and, and Mahomes. I trust that they're going to come back from anything. I got them too. Number one, but not. It's not a landslide anymore. It's close. Right. Yeah. It, it's close. Uh, number two for me. I question this one just because of the way number three for me is playing. But I'm going to go the Philadelphia Eagles. Ten and one. You can't look past the record and their resume and everything. Jalen Hurts is playing at a very high level. So I, I have the Philadelphia Eagles slightly ahead of my number three team. I do too. I think they're the best team in the NFC right now. I don't think they're, I mean, obviously they've lost a game, so you can get them, but they are, they're playing at a high level in a lot of positions. And even when they were threatened last week, they found a way to, they show me a little guts at the end when it could have gone two straight losses. Yeah. I got them as number one. I, for some reason, after they got beat two weeks or what would be going on three weeks, yeah. we could, people started to discount them like, oh, uh, one loss, uh, they're 10 and one. They, they, they yeah. deserve to be the number one seed. Yeah. Uh, number three for NFC, me. That is. Yeah. Number three, just based on resume and what they've done. And this is really what they've done when their quarterback's been out there. They have not lost a game when he's finished. It's the Miami Dolphins. They're number three for me. Two was playing at such a high level. I mean, they, they made quick work of the, of the Houston Texans who are just a disaster. Um, I, I just think with their offense and, and the way Mike McDaniel is coaching this team, I, I have them at number three right now. I do too. Uh, the three MVPs in a league are Mahomes, Tua, and Hertz. You can put them however you want. They'll yeah. separate. Those are those are your three choices as as far as the MVP. Um, it's an incredible story. But the way Tua is throwing on time, McDaniel is phenomenal at designing plays, and they see their receivers run open like I'm watching a Big Twelve college. Yes, it's, they it's do. Crazy. It's, it the is. way he's designed it, and Tua has a great feel. He's coming out of stuff like bootlegs, getting his head around, throwing it to the flat quick, or coming out of play action, about to take a hit, and pumping a slant in behind a linebacker who's, who's his read. It's he's The ball comes out so quickly, it makes up for the lack of explosive right. arm strength, but it's on time and it's accurate. They are my third team as well. Uh, but it's number close because my fourth team and my fifth team can beat all of them, given yes, the right circumstances. Ag ag agree. And one, and one of my teams has a chance to prove that this weekend by the way. Uh, and so I think we're going to have two, we're, we'll have, I think one of the same teams and then we'll differ on either four or five. However you have it. Uh, number four for me is the Buffalo bills. They haven't played as good lately. Josh Allen, um, you know, kind of dealing with some, you know, being banged up, but that's his style of play. I, I'm not, you know, he's going to be banged up come January. So I'm expect him to play at a better level. So I have them at four right now after the loss to the jets in a game, you shouldn't lose. Uh, I, I just I have them at four behind their AFC East foes. I four and five was tougher on me than one and two, even though I know how good Philadelphia is. The four and five hole, I I not that if the sixth or seventh team should be in there, but how should I do this right? And for yeah. me, I took Buffalo also, but because the quarterbacks just the the the, the great equalizer. Now, if you told me that I was going to see more red zone throws to defenses, you're like, dude, where are you throwing it? I would have a different thought process, but then you watch him make that bang post throw at the yeah. end of the game after Detroit kicks a field goal to go ahead. What to, to tie it? I guess yeah. it was. Was that to tie it? Right. And say so, and so then he goes down and makes that throw. It's like, what the hell? Man, you, you guys can't put that in. Buffalo slightly over my fifth team. The fifth team can beat him. And my concern about Buffalo is also Sigs. They have been their secondary has been beat up. Yeah, and they and if you get somebody who can rip it around a lot, you're not pressured. And now the Von Miller thing, I am concerned a little bit, but I'm I got them in the four hole with trepidation right now, but because of Josh Allen when he's right. 
Uh, number five for me, which I feel like might be different than you, I'm going Dallas Cowboys. I think the defense is so damn good. Dak's playing really well lately. Uh, it sounds like they're going to get Odell Beckham Jr. when he's healthy, I, and, and I didn't even put that in there, but that could leap them forward in the coming weeks. Um, and C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup are playing really well in that offense, and the run games, it's working. Uh, I really like where the Cowboys are at right now. They're my sixth team, and I, I do uh, as long as and I bet you mine six is your five. The San Francisco 49ers. Yes. Yep. For me, great deal. They got their number one in like 80 million categories yep. on defense. And Sags going into last week, you know, Garoppolo's numbers and, and Jalen Hurts' numbers throwing the football were damn near identical. Yep. But still gets no credit for it, right? But they can, they can spread you out now when they're all on the field, McCaffrey and Kittle, and their defense is great. As long as Jimmy makes the simple common throw, they're going to be fine, and they throw that 28 to 30 yeah. range, but their defense is nasty. I'm going to take the 49ers with four. We got Miami and San Francisco this weekend, yep. so something's going to take place. Best offense versus best defense. We're about to see. Yep, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Sean Salisbury Show. As always, we're brought to you by Bet Online. We will talk to you this later later this week, and we'll break down that Miami-San Francisco game and what to expect in the college football uh, conference championship games. That'll do Can't it. Thanks, wait, Sean. Brother. Thank you. You bet. Yep. Thank you. See ya. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.